You're listening to Black Sheep from Wired Differently, hosted by Kansas veteran John Arshambo. This podcast aims to break the stigma around mental health and injuries sustained in the uniform. Strap on your boots and get ready to overcome your adversity and struggles. Welcome to the Black Sheep by Wire Differently. Tonight we have William Brennan. And I might have screwed your name, but I know I practiced just before we got online. Uh, William here uh, was 26 years Navy SEAL. Uh, I mean, you, you entered the Navy uh, and then you, you did your course. Uh, I listened to a few of your podcasts and then uh, find out that we were, uh, the two of us were on a, on a course for, uh, um, for coaching, uh, coaching, getting clients and so on. And that's kind of, I got in touch with William um, because we don't see that many people who serve in uniform and then ending, at least in Canada, ending in that kind of coaching strategist life. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time uh, of coming and chatting with me here. Uh, everyone here, uh, William lives in Hawaii. So for him, it's probably very warm. For us, it's minus too cold. Uh, thank you for bringing it. Can, can you just give us a brief uh, brief synopsis of who you are and after the military, what you become? Yeah. So I think you, you nailed a lot of it. So I spent 26 years in the Navy, 23 of those 26 years, I was in the SEAL teams. Um, when I retired from the military, I mean, let me just back up even a little more than that. So I grew up in a little town, uh, outside of Meridian, Mississippi. And so there's not a whole lot that goes on there. I was heavily involved in the Boy Scouts. I always, I had, you know, my role models growing up were, uh, John Wayne, uh, Chuck Norris, GI Joe, things like that. So I was already kind of destined to go in that direction. John Rambo, uh, things like that. I watched a lot of Kung Fu theater. So I wanted to be a, a ninja when I grew up, still trying to figure that part out. Um, <laughs> let's see what else I, I was heavily involved in the boy Scouts. I went to this boy scout jamboree and I met a kid, uh, it, that, that was in the group that, that went, went on this trip. And, uh, you know, he had his whole future figured out and I was kind of impressed by it. He said, you know, when I, when I graduate high school, I'm going to go to the Naval Academy, which is, you know, very prestigious school, very hard to get in. Uh, then I'm going to fly F-14 Tomcats, like the movie Top Gun. And then I'm going to become a Navy SEAL also. And I was like, that's cool. All that stuff is cool. What's a Navy SEAL. And so he explained, it's like, you know, the hardest military training in the world. It's this and that. And, uh, they jump out of airplanes, they blow stuff up, they shoot guns, they scuba dive, they do all these cool things. I'm like, that's what I want to do when I grow up. Like, I, I don't really know how to do it, but I'll, I'll figure it out, I guess. And, uh, and so I came back from that trip and the Navy recruiter called. He's like, hey, man, have you ever thought about joining the Navy? And to be honest, almost every other man in my family has been in the Navy. And that was the last place I really wanted to go. But I couldn't become a Navy SEAL unless I joined the Navy. So I joined the Navy. And um, I, you know, went off to boot camp, became a SEAL, did all that stuff. And then when I, I don't even remember your question. I just started talking here. It's all good. Uh, it's, it's, <laughs> go ahead. It's going to all just sort of yeah. <laughs> ro roll together. Um, and so w when I retired, you know, I'd spent my entire adult life surrounded by high performers, mm -hmm. period. And uh, even the lowest performer in the SEAL teams is still a very high performer in life. And so when I retired, um, and I use air quotes when I say retired from the military, it, I, I felt like that, that Avengers movie where Thanos like snaps his fingers and half the world's population vanishes. Mm -hmm. Uh, that's, that's what I felt like. I felt like I had lost my purpose. I lost my mission and I'd lost my team. And, uh, 
overnight. And so, you know, I have a lot of baggage from occupational hazards. I've got baggage from not so awesome relationships and the way that and a lot of noise in my head and the way that I was managing that, it wasn't, I wasn't really managing it, but I, the way I was masking it is I would just pretty much just drink myself to sleep at night. I would just, yeah. you know, start boozing it up and, and, um, uh, and shutting off the world. And that's how I kind of managed it. Um, and then I discovered this, this molecule called CBD, which is pretty popular nowadays. And, uh, and I started using it and I started drinking less and I started having better positive self-talk and I started controlling those thoughts. And so I was like, well, maybe uh, my new mission purpose is a uh, CBD. And I didn't really know what that looked like. And so, um, I was at a business conference and a, I met a girl that was in the CBD industry. This was 2019, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, mid 2019. And, uh, and she was like, well, do you want to do a to B B to B or B to C? And I was like, I, you know, I don't know what those letters mean at all. I, I thought I was pretty clear. I want to do C B D CBD. <laughs> yeah. And so she's like, check, well, why don't you just start your own CBD company? And I said, well, I don't know how to do that. She said, well, you, she leaned in and she said, you are a Navy SEAL. You can figure it out. And I asked her for my man card back. And so <laughs> she politely gave it back to me. I put it back in my pocket, not to give it up ever again. Um, but then I went home and started Googling. And eventually I, I, I figured out how to start a CBD company. And our mission at Naked Warrior Recovery is, is really 22 to zero. Uh, you know, there's a statistic that 22 veterans take their lives every single day. I think it's actually a lot higher than it, that. They say it's 44. I think the US redone yeah. it. It's 40 or 44 now. Yeah. Yeah. And so that, that's our mission is, is to eliminate veteran suicide. It's, you know, if you're going to have a mission, you might as well have something that's just almost inconceivable. So let's just go for like the swing for the fence. Let's swing for a home run here. Yeah, yeah. And so that that's our mission. And you know, we use uh CBD as as a modality uh to kind of turn down the noise. It's not a cure for anything, but it certainly helps. Mm-hmm. Uh helps sleep, helps stress, anxiety, uh helps with pain, things like that. Um it's it's not a cure. I mean, it does help the body heal itself. It helps to bring the body back into homeostasis so it can heal itself. But then there's the other part where you have to fix what's upstairs. You got to fix your mindset. Yeah. And so for that, I have what I what I came up with as as the get naked mindset uh, to to kind of fulfill the thing. So CBD helped turn down the noise in your head, and then use sort of this get naked mindset to uh, to kind of fix your wagon and and get your life back on the straight and narrow where you need to go to get more focus and and, and more of a purpose to your life. So so and you have the 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 five. The five rules of the Navy SEAL is it? Five, yeah, I call them the five SEAL secrets. Yeah, five SEAL secrets. Yeah, that is the the get naked mindset, and so it's it's the in it, it's an acronym because you know in the military we love acronyms yeah, because yeah, we, we we just like to we we like to put that out there in the world. So the N stands for never quit. The A stands for accept failure. The K is to kill mediocrity. The E is expose your fears, and D is do the work. And those and, are things you have to do every single day. And, and now you're gonna have to open your website to Canada so they can buy your merch, right? Because Right. I want I want one of those t-shirts for sure. Uh <laughs> um, okay, yeah. so I was at look at it. The, 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 so it says there's a lot of studies that says that you know um uh, adaptive disorder is one of the big things that military goes through when we leave the military, leave the uniform or whatever that is, um, to the society, if we can call call it that way. Now my question is, is how hard was it for you to make that switch? Oh, it was one of the hardest. I I say my transition from military life to becoming a civilian is the hardest military mission I've ever been on. 
it's and and I'm still on it. And I've been on a a handful of missions in my time in in the SEAL teams. And and this is by far the hardest. I mean, for one, it's like, you know, go go figure it out. Yeah. They the the military does a really great job of preparing you to be in the military. Mm -hmm. They do a really terrible job of preparing you to be in the outside world. They're like, well, you you have skills, you have uh, you know, some knowledge. Uh, they teach you how to write a resume and they teach you how to uh a teach you how to uh do a budget that is your preparation for 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 retirement and in entering the civilian world and it's a mandatory week that you have to go spend and i was like this was a complete waste of my time but okay here we are it's funny they, they give us just someone who can do that for us they give us money <laughs> to pay someone <laughs> to do those. um all right and, and it's funny because there's the other thing is uh the tempo that you have in a normal military versus the special forces is, is different. Uh, I, I went to the grocery just before uh, us meeting and one of my old boss from special forces stopped me and we were talking and she's like, I was never, I never been able to dial down since I went back to the green army because we don't, for us in Canada, it's not an element, special forces is not an element. So we're borrowed still. Right. Uh, and, and if the army wants you back, they just call you back. It, it's just all it sure. is. Um, so yeah, so that's the other aspect, right? Did you capture your tempo that you had, which is a thousand miles per hour or, or, or did you, were you able to dial down a bit? Um, I think I still go pretty fast. I, I have a lot of plates in the air, like spinning plates in the air, yeah. a lot of balls in the air. Yeah. Um, because I, I, I can't just do one thing. Yeah. I mean, I would be way more productive if I just focused deep and hard on one thing, but I, I'm not wired that way. Yeah. So yeah. I I have I do a lot of things. Yeah, and, and like you said just before the podcast, you were just doing a workout before. Getting, right. Yeah. Getting into it. So yeah, no, I get that. I had to go. I had to go get a workout in. I'm still sweating. I can see it coming through my my cap in the. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay. So what attracts you into helping people to have the proper man, mindset? Or or to uh, I I'm guessing here your clients are people who are overachiever, right? So what did you what was interesting for you to get into that realm uh whatever we call it coach or, or strategist or consultant whatever the term is um what is interesting for you in this like what what does fulfill your bucket and, and that so some of it was you know when i when i retired and i started a business i didn't have a clue what i was doing i, I had no idea so i i you know that that business conference I was at, you know, really the point of that conference was for people to sign up for his coaching program. And, um, and he charges 50 K a year. And I was like, Whoa, now he charges hundred K a year. No big deal. <laughs> Pocket change. Um, but I was like, that's crazy. Like people pay you to, 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 to teach them how to do business and stuff yeah. like that. And I was like, I was in a little bit of disbelief. Uh, I started my, I started naked Warrior recovery in March 1st of 2020. And then there's something happened right after that. And I don't really remember what it was, but it was something like the world shut down uh, for, uh, you know, that's flattened the curve for two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, so that guy that was running that program, uh, you know, 50 K a year, he did a seven day mastermind. Like that's just like seven days to fix your income or get your act together. And so I paid him whatever, whatever he asked. And I'm like, all right, let's go teach me how to do it. And he's like, all right, you need to be the whatever. Uh, And so, and then I got another business coach and another, and what uh, what I originally thought was, why do I need a coach? I'll just figure it out myself. And yeah. what I found is, I'm what they do is they help to collapse time. Mm-hmm. Like I can learn from their lessons. You know, yeah. I, in the SEAL teams, I, we didn't just make stuff up and just go did it do it. We relied on what other people did in front of us, and then we improved on it. Yeah. 
you know, whatever tactics, techniques, and procedures that we were, were using when I left, they've evolved since I left. But the, use, the ones we used, we took from Vietnam era tactics, and then we evolved them over 20 years of sustained combat. So, uh, so I'm, I'm in this world of, of being coached. And, uh, and both of my coaches are like, why aren't you not coaching? I'm like, I don't have anything to give. What do I, what do I know about coaching? What do I know about business? What do I know about while I'm building a business, while I'm actually helping other people with their mindset, with their coaching and things like that. Um, and I, then I was like, well, maybe I can, but I have this imposter syndrome. And what I found are the people who don't have imposter syndrome. And I, you know, every one, every single one of my clients are all high achievers and they all have imposter syndrome. And what I've found out and what I tell them all repeatedly is, do you know the people who don't have imposter syndrome? Those are the, those are imposters. Only imposters don't have imposter syndrome. Mm -hmm. So if you have imposter syndrome, that's a good thing. That means you're right where you need to be and you need to embrace it and, and run with it. Um, so, so eventually I sort of took on that role as a coach and I had, you know, I, I was like, well, let's just, let's just throw something on, on the table and see what sticks. Yeah. And, uh, and I, I put a post on Instagram, I think maybe in my stories and, you know, I got my first coaching client that way. And then, uh, I had some other people reach out to me, Hey, can you coach me on this and this and whatever? And then another, a company hired me to, to do some coaching and another mm-hmm. company hired me to go to some coaching. And so, uh, I have, I have a handful of, you know, a, a few clients here and there. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's, it's there, like every client is different. I don't really like doing group coaching. I prefer to do like one-on-one coaching, like okay. really dig in and get deep and, you know, build that trust with, with my client. They share whatever it is that they share with me. And then I'm able to help them. Sometimes it's, you know, their personal life. Sometimes it's their business. Sometimes it's, you know, how do I make the team do the things that I want them to do? And we talk about culture and we talk about, you know, the, the culture that you're building in your organization. Like what, what, what do you want it to be? If you're not driving it, then someone else is going to drive it. So, um, some are just, you know, uh, solo entrepreneurs, uh, real estate agents, roofers, you know, people who are just in sales. And so, um, the, the, the value that I get out of it, you know, I, I, I do, I do need to pay, pay, pay the bills. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's one of the most rewarding things I've ever done is, is coaching people and helping them get through tough times, tough things that they're struggling with. And oftentimes it's not, you know, when I give them the, the answer or the option to kind of choose from they, and they're like, well, that's, that's so simple. Why did I think about that? That's because you're in the middle of it. I heard this analogy one time where if you're inside the bottle, you can't read the label that's on the outside. And so I get to stand on the outside of the bottle and read the label and then help them, you know, tell, tell, like, give them the, the ingredients. A third perspective. Right. Yeah. No, I, I hear you because uh, it, it's it's creeping into Canada right now. I, I took my 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 uh, qualification in US as well, and it was a hefty number as well. Uh, and and then uh, came back here, and I was not recognized necessarily. So, which is fine. It's it's a learning curve, right? But you're right; it, it does change life. Uh, I mean, I took it coaching while I was recovering from PTS, um, and a fast forward. I would say easily nine months of my life where I was struggling the three years prior in therapy. So a mix of the two made it that I was in a present healing now about right. what passed, right? Um, so which connects 100% with what you're talking about, right? Some people are going through a lot of struggle that is from work, that is from family, that is from business, that is, and, and, and or, or whatever they plateaued, right? They plateau somewhere and you need that push. And that third perspective is a perfect person, right? Because they're not in your shoes. 
So they don't have feelings like you do. They're not emotionally tied to it. Yeah. 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 Which, which is the beauty in it. Do you have any of your, uh, old team partners who actually take you as a, take, they coach for you from you? Um, you know, I, not directly from me, but I, I post on social media quite often. And I was talking to actually an old boss of mine when I was, you know, pretty new guy in the SEAL teams. And uh, he was talking to me about one of our, one of our friends that was shot in the head recently by his wife. Oh, wow. Uh, Whoops. Something, uh, argument gone, gone bad. Um, and, and I was like, you know, and, and so he's, he's recovering. He's, you know, got a little bit of brain damage. Yeah. And he was like, oh, we sent him some shirts and whatever. And I'm like, I should send him a get naked shirt. And then I was like, maybe not, because uh, maybe he'll just take his clothes off because he's he's not yeah. quite right right now. Yeah and, yeah, yeah. and I was like, and I was like, Steve, do you know what get naked is all about? And he gave me the whole thing, like, you know, oh, wow. about taking your ego off, taking that armor off, like becoming vulnerable, la la la, all this stuff. And I was like, holy crap. I had no idea that you were paying attention to what I was putting out there. So I know that people are consuming the content that I'm that I'm putting out there and they're getting <laughs> something out of it because I get little feedback pieces every now and then. And so that's that's pretty rewarding. And, and, and I mean the amazing thing is you never stop serving technically. Right. Right. If it's part of personality, you got out and it's it's fun because uh, as you can say, as you said before, it can be a roofer, can be you know a business uh CEO or whatever that is maybe they all have that same thing, which is either being have a blockage, blockage somewhere, blockade. Uh, they have, uh, but they all overachiever, right? Which which yeah. aligns with you. So, would you say that your niche is actually you're looking for those people, or yeah. did you ever refuse any client? Uh, no, I, I I now I have not. I've never refu- refused a client. I have had clients that were, you know, if they if they're not willing to do the work, then let's maybe part ways, but I haven't, I haven't come to that yet. Okay. Okay. Any difficulty into, uh, like launching your business? Well, there's always difficulty, you know, okay, no so, one knows, no one knows who you are. No, when you yeah. Start. yeah. And, and I mean, this is kind of how we started to talk. Cause I touched base with you and I'm like, how do you get clients? Right. <laughs> and, and you yeah. told me like, I've been in 400, some podcasts in a year. And yeah. I was like, all right, I'm going to start a podcast then. But uh, and that's the reason why I kind of pushed this this podcast out. Uh, it's your fault. Uh, but anyhow, so... Uh, You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you. Um, but, but and this is this is the, the, the point, what I mean is, like we're used in the military, we have a certain frame, right? In which we play in or land in the sand, if you wish. Sure. Um, and then obviously you get out and kind of realize there's no map in a society called citizenship, if you wish. Um in building a business, was it the administration aspect? Was it the logistics of starting the things, or was it what was it? I'm just curious. It's, I'm... It, 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 it's it's really finding customers, finding okay. people to give you money yeah. is really the hardest thing. Uh, really, I think out there, the yeah. first company I started, I thought people were just going to hire me, like it was all good mm-hmm. because I have friends that were doing this sort of consulting thing uh, in that space. And they were very successful. And then I was I went to old people that I worked with while I was in the military, and they're like, "Yeah, no, we're good. Oh, no, we're good. No, we're good." I'm like, "I've gotten you a gazillion dollars while I was on active duty because of the things that I did, and you helped us partner and do certain things." And they're like, "Yeah, that was that was then, and this is now." And so uh, we think that consultants are criminals and all this other stuff, and they get something out of it, and we don't. And I'm like, "All right, this is not." Not what I was hoping. I thought I was going to get out and like crush it. And I got out and I crashed and burned. And uh, that did, certainly did not help my the 
the baggage that I was already struggling with. So yeah. um, it, it just sort of perpetuated it. And then, you know, when CBD actually did help me, that was a uh, helped me like kind of like turn off that, turn down that noise, get me going in, in the right direction. Uh, so now the things that I do are things two years ago, I would have never, ever, ever said that I want to do. But all I want to do is I want to sell high quality products, helping people with CBD or other supplements, um, working on coaching and speaking from stage. As a matter of fact, I'm actually going to be speaking on a stage there in, I think in Toronto, oh. uh, in April, April. Okay. Uh, and I'm sure we can find a location and so on, uh, online. I'll, I'll put it in the description. I have a, I have a bunch of actually followers who are from, uh, Ontario, which is the province okay. where that is. Uh, and I'm sure they would, they would love to attend. Um, so that would be great. I mean, if I can fly in, I would, but I'm in North Carolina in April. So, um, I was going to invite you. We were, we're doing a rucksack march of 222 miles. Um, but really? you're in Toronto. Yeah. Uh, for, to raise awareness or um suicide and mental health within the uniform. Oh, right on. That'd it was awesome. uh created by a Greenberry, uh JP Cervantes. I don't know if you know that person. Anyway. I don't know. Um anyhow, so yeah, so we're flying in two Canadians and we're going to walk with them for uh 10 days. 22 miles awesome. a day. Yeah. A fun a fun little chat for 10 days. Um yeah, for sure. But yeah, okay. So you're from Mississippi. When did you get to Hawaii? Uh let's see my last Let's see when did, I've I've I live I've lived in Hawaii for nine and a half years. Okay, so that was part of your last posting. Or... Yeah. So okay. there was there there's a SEAL team here in Hawaii. Okay. Uh, they we do a, a lot of underwater stuff. We have got a mini submarine, and the, the you know I came back to this team because uh, they were doing things that were so classified they couldn't tell me about them. Okay. Like the missions are so sensitive that they have to be approved by the president of the United States. Oh, nice. And I was like, what, what, what the hell is going on over there? So I had to come over and look behind the curtain and, and be nice. a part of some of that. So, yeah. All right. One of the best memory you have from the military is. I think just leading men in combat. Like when you, when you build a team from nothing yeah. and we go and do like some pretty awesome stuff, yeah. that's. Like that is absolutely rewarding. So yeah, I was listening to your, and this is the the beauty about uh, listening to other podcasts because you learn from a, about a person with it, who you're going to talk. And, and I really like how you explained that you're uh, you moved to the team three when you were doing buds the second time, correct? Uh, who were always the number one? Uh, oh yeah, yeah, boat bo crew three. Yeah, it was. A, yes. it was a boat. It was just a, like a group of guys we were all going through together. Yeah, and I saw this boat crew winning all the races during Hell Week, and I'm like, I'm going to get it. like because the guys. I had been injured several times while I was in SEAL training, while I was in BUDS. And uh, and so finally, I'm like, I don't... And the guys that were around... When I first got there, I was like, no, no, stay, stick around. Come on, we let's do this together. And like, kumbaya. And like, let's, let's do this. And then after I'd been there for six months or so, and guys were like, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm like, get out. Get out of my way. You're slowing me down. <laughs> like, I yeah. became pretty hard and callous. And I'm like, those guys are winners. Those guys are winning. I want to be surrounded by winners. I want to be surrounded by guys who want to win because, you know, there's, there's, uh, you, you have, you have two options when you're becoming a seal, when you're going through training, you can, you can quit or you can keep going. That's option one. Option two is if you keep going, you can be mediocre or you can be awesome. And I choose to be awesome. I don't choose to be mediocre. Like it, it's better to suffer in the front than it is to suffer in the back. Because when you suffer in the front, you get done faster. You, you accomplished more 
life is better when you suffer in the front and you win than if you suffer in the back and lose. You're going to suffer either way. You might as well suffer and win. Yeah, and then that's that's exactly that's those words that I heard on that podcast, and I was like, this is just brilliant. And the other aspect that you said about that team was the, the boat crew one was the tall guys, the the massive guys, and the boat crew three the big who, guys, yeah, yeah, were just average, regular uh, guys, regular yeah. guys, yeah. Everybody was average, but they they put their heart to it. Yeah, right. And and no up. one even talked about winning. I mean, we talked about let's go, let's go, let's go. Everyone's kind of cheering one another on. And any time that I felt sorry for myself and my legs hurt and my stomach hurt and I didn't really my head hurt because I'm carrying that stupid boat on my head. And I would feel like slowing down. I didn't because I'm like, well, I would be slowing down all six of the other guys. And that's not cool. So mm-hmm. I just work through it. And pretty soon I get my second wind. My legs don't hurt as much. My stomach doesn't hurt anymore. And, you know, we're we're moving and I don't feel that bad. And I feel way better because I suffered for a little bit, but I got my second wind. And now I can do so much more than I thought I could do. It's all mindset. The body can take it. 100%. I think it comes down to this. Right? You always have gas in the tank. You always yeah. have gas in the tank. Yeah. Your, your brain tells you to stop before your body can actually, right? Or yeah. has to stop. I think you, you can keep going for a while and, and just keep carrying on. I, I've seen LW come in here because uh, I was a support, right? I was not uh, at your level. And I, I could tell the guys coming back, some of them bleeding here and there. And I was like, yeah, that's a good one. That's a, a hell of a week this week for <laughs> sure. Uh, and, and truly amazed to work uh, amongst those people for sure. Um, because yeah. the, 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 the mindset, and I guess, yeah, it comes down to mindset because physically, yeah, they were fit and there are some people who were not looking so fit, but they're still pushing. Um, so truly the man said that they, those guys were uh, amazing above and beyond. Um, have you ever worked with some of the Kensoft guys? I'm just curious. Cause I know we have exchanged. I, I did. I did in Afghanistan in 2003, just really briefly. Uh, not, I didn't really get to know those guys very much, but we were definitely doing some work. Okay. I, I was just curious, in, right? In parallel. Cause, yeah. Cause sometimes, yeah, we, we get exchanged. I, I know some of the guys goes to other bases as well for a couple of years or whatnot. So I was just curious. Yep. Um, so if you have someone who's listening to you right now and is on a plateau, what would be the first advice you would give to that person? If they're on a plateau, meaning they're, they're not really going up, but they're not going down either, they're, no. which means they're, they're kind of trying to go forward. I would say do make a bold adjustment in your life. Okay. If, if you're, so, so for example, I, you know, I, I like to use the analogy. So I used to teach sniper school. I was a sniper. Then I became a sniper instructor later on and watching guys sight in new weapons or maybe leadership that has maybe not been on the gun for a long time. And they come back to the up seal platoon and they're reciting in their, 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 their gun or their optic to their gun. And they'll make these, these minor adjustments to try and move the impact, the bullet impacts to the bullseye. Yep. And I, I, I've seen it a thousand times and I'll watch them and say nothing. And I'll watch them continue to make these small adjustments and not really go anywhere. And they're like, my, my gun is broken. My optic is broken, my whatever. And then I'll come over and say, can I, can I see your, your gun? And I'll like make these just, just incredibly over, uh, just dramatic adjustments to their optic, to their, to their sights. And yep. they were like, dude, you broke, you probably broke my thing. And I'm like, just go ahead and shoot three more rounds. Let's see where your impacts are. And so what happens is the impacts move across the paper past the bullseye, but they're actually closer to the bullseye than what they were doing when just doing like minor adjustments over here on that kind of plateau. So we did something that was extreme 
something that was a, a bold adjustment. And now they're able to like see that their, 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 their optics, their sights did move. And now they can easily move them back into, into, you know, where the bullseye is. And so if you are stuck in life and you're just kind of stuck on a plateau, do something extreme, maybe even something that seems to be absolutely uh, the wrong thing to do. You know, I'll use, you know, uh, Tim Ferriss, for example. Yeah. He, you know, when he first, before he was like the four hour work week, whatever guy, yep. um, you know, one of the, he was selling like, I think like soft, like cloud services or something to CEOs of companies. I don't even know what he was doing, but there was always a gatekeeper. And that was like the secretary that answered the phone during working hours and things like that. And he would call and, and she would just never let him talk to the decision maker. Yep. And for, for every company. And so he was like, well, let's just do something completely opposite of what is right. Let's do the opposite of what is right. And so he would start making phone calls at 5 a.m. from 5 a.m. till 7 a.m. And then he would make calls again from about 6 p.m. till 8 p.m. or even 9 p.m. Because the owner of the company, the CEO, the guy who's actually trying to make this company work and grow and thrive is yep. still at the office. He's there early and he's there late. And he is the decision maker. And so he was able to bypass the gatekeeper and go directly to, you know, the CEO, the decision maker by doing things that were opposite of what was correct. Don't sure. do what's right. Do something completely different that seems wrong. Kind of like when I, you know, came up with the, the, the acronym get naked. Yeah, that was terrifying to me. But you know what? It's a really good hook and it gets people's attention. True. True. Don't be don't be vanilla. Don't blend in with everyone else. That's why zebras have stripes. Not to be camouflaged, so that you know they it, you're confused and no, nothing looks the same. Don't be the gray man. Every, every everything looks the same. Yeah, Look, stand out, man. Be be bold. Do the opposite of what is the right thing to do. Don't be politically correct. Yeah, that, that's not that's not happening. Um, man, I'm French. I have a language barrier. Come on, give me a chance. <laughs> uh, no, I I love it. And you know what? It's funny because I heard something similar and from another friend who's a coach and and I love him dearly uh so he told me he's like you know what i was never able to reach that boss so i started to ask her and actually interact with her and her only and then she got so like sh she's the one who actually in that case was a female who actually added a schedule of that man and she's like down the road because i was caring about what she does she put me in the in the book right because everyone care about the big guy in yeah. that case and yep. nobody cared for her. And he's like, instead, I, I give attention to her because she's a nice person. She works hard, so and whatnot all day Smart. long. Yep. Uh, and the door opened, which is kind of a similar thing here, right? Like, yep. and Tim Ferriss wrote a few books. Like, I, I had um, four hours workout, which I, I looked into it, yep. I think, way back when. But um, actually, it's anyways, it's, <laughs> it's at the bottom there. But yeah, and, and he does, he writes simple. But it's, it's everyone understands what he writes. And that's right. the other aspect, right? You reach out to everyone else um, by being just him. And, and I think yeah. that's another big, big door where you don't have to have fancy words. You have to be effective. And, right. and, and that's the biggest thing. And especially in coaching where you, the person who's sitting in front of you needs to understand whatever you say. And if you're coming with words that are that long, well, you're wasting your time. Yeah. Right? Because you need to get to that goal. You need to get to that that breakthrough, that, that whatever else, maybe. Uh, so, okay. So what is, what, what do you love the most with your clients? I'm, I'm going to put it that way. Is it the breakthrough or is it to get to that breakthrough, the next level? I think it, it's always the, I mean, I get nervous when I'm before a coaching call because I'm like, I have to perform. 
Yeah. I have to like, I have to focus, I have to listen. I have to listen to the nuances, yeah. but it is the, it is the process. You know, everything that I say doesn't equal success, Yeah, but it's like, it's these creating these small victories along the way that equal the big victory at the end. And it's yeah. just the baby steps that, that get you there. And so as long as, as long as I'm not harming them in some way, like I give them like really terrible advice. It, it's all, it's all good. I mean, but I really, I really like the, the, the success stories. I mean, I have one client, he, he, uh, actually he he's my very first like uh paying client. Yeah. He was like, you know, that, that thing that you told me to do with the, with the, uh, like write down everything that I'm supposed to do and then write down every time I do something that I'm not supposed to do. He actually went in and he um, he rearranged the the processes in the organization, and he's he he got back to me on a call two weeks ago, and he was like, "So now uh, you just saved me like fourteen hours a week, wow, a weekend, fourteen hours a weekend over the two days because he would do a bunch of work on the weekend as well, and uh, so he's like he completely saved that. He gave ownership down to the most junior person." in, in some of the, uh, it's, it's a, it's a sales company. They're, they're, they're selling, uh, software billing stuff. And, uh, and so he gave ownership all the way down to the, the lowest member of the organization on reporting and all this other stuff and metrics to help the company get better in, in what they're doing. Because if you're not me- if you don't measure it, you can't fix it. You have to measure. If you want th- something, things to be better, you need to know what your, your KPIs, your key performing indicators are. And, you know, and so now people were self-reporting based off what the system told them and how many, you know, whatever they're talking about and the number of calls and how long they were on calls and things like that. And so they were able to figure out what their what their most important KPIs were. And then he gave that ownership back to the people that were actually doing it and then mid-level management and upper-level management. And so now he's just like, it's turning into more automated, like the company is running itself without him having to go in and like, drive it but he started driving the culture he determined what the culture he wanted the culture to be that is now the culture of the organization and then now it's it's getting even more better and, and more refined over time so his leadership changed correct i think that, that comes to that right um i'm curious because in the podcast i listened uh one of them uh you mentioned that when you were uh going to uh I don't remember the organization, but for your baggage that you carried from the past, uh, you learned that you had ADHD. Um, and and it's funny, I got the same. So I, I got the same kind of, uh, ta-da! yeah, you're not fidgety because of it. You're fidgety because you have ADHD. <laughs> so, okay. Oh, okay. Um, do you find that it's helping you or it's sometimes harming whatever you do? Some of both. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I can certainly go deep, deep on something. And then I'll get almost to the end and I switch gears and I go to something else instead of just like taking all the way to the finish line for crying out loud. So that's where the discipline comes in. And yeah. I have to like be disciplined enough to finish it. Like I'm writing a book right now. Very easy for me to blow it off. But when I get into it, I'm like, get finished, like another paragraph, another paragraph, another paragraph. Okay. So of course there are days where I'm like, I don't feel like even sitting still or turning on my computer. Yeah. Just do it anyway. Turn it on, pull up the document, write one paragraph that's a small victory. I just have to do that every single day. Some days I write six pages. Other days I write one paragraph. Nice. And, and the worst part is not there yet. The worst part is the, the rewriting it. Right. I, I wrote one and this is that, that was the most awful part I find personally is 
um, I was able to just sit and I, I get that hyper focus from, from ADHD. And I was like, and, and I couldn't tell you what I was writing. It just made sense in my mind. Right. But when I sat with the editor and she's like, okay, so now we're going to rewrite. And I'm like, what are you talking about? She's like, it sounds very like a French person wrote an English book. <laughs> and it cannot go like this. People will see that there's kind of a problem here. So I was like, okay. So she's like, we're going to write everything back. And I'm like, no, <laughs> I, I, I can't do that again. Yeah. <laughs> Which we did by all means, but I think it was the longest part, right? Uh, it took me a year and it was a good seven months of like, I have to rewrite that again. <laughs> like, <Right. no. laughs> but yeah, it, it, it's a, it's a beautiful experience as well because I think at the end you have that produce that you created in your hand, right? Which which coaching sometimes you have that breakthrough. You can see that person winning and you're winning with them because it's it's something you share as a team, but it's in their hands. Now the book is in your hands, right? right. Uh, yep. And it's kind of a different finish to it, which which is very, very interesting. So when would that be done? Like are we talking about a year? Are we talking, are we gonna find out on Amazon? It'll probably be on Amazon. So this is one that I'm co-authoring with with someone else. So I did a speaking event uh, in Florida this past summer, I think. Yeah, this okay. summer. And uh, and one of the girls that I was that I shared the stage with, she was like, "Hey, let can what if we write a book about based off what we presented at the at the thing, at that event? Um, what if we write a book on how to build high performing teams? And then you know you talk about your five seal secrets of leadership, and I talk about my whatever stuff. I'm like, okay, great. So I'm only really writing half of the book. Ah, still, still writing a book. It doesn't matter. Yep. Right. There's still an accomplishment and another check in the box. And, um, then, and then, and then I'll write another book. That's really about, you know, sort of the get naked mindset and uh five seal secrets of yeah life, which I, I think would be fantastic. I mean, there's, there's a lot of stories that are done by veterans about uh, war stories. Um, but I always enjoy reading vets who write something about outside of the uniform. Right. right, which the mindset is not necessarily from the military. Is you part of it is from you bringing it to the military. Right. So I I would so I I I think you know the way that I kind of came up with the you know the the the, the get naked the naked acronym is I did take I took my experience in the military and then yeah. how do I take that and apply it to my civilian life to get yeah. my self back on track. And it's so it's sort of like, you know, uh, I was on a, a call earlier today, a couple hours ago, and the guy was talking about the core values of his organization. And uh, and so really naked is really the core values of of my organization. They're they're my core values. And yeah. I share those core values with with everyone that will listen to them or that wants to have them as a part of their life. OK, and those core value made you go through a lot of things as well. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it certainly helped. Yeah, um, this is fantastic. I, I love it. So. Okay, number one, where can we find you? Instagram, Facebook, I mean, Twitter, whatever that is. What, what is it? Yeah, so if you want, if you want five seal secrets, yeah. uh, the, the the get naked mindset. If you go to the uh, five, the number five, five seal secrets.com, Put your name and email in there. I'll send you a link that has uh, a, a PDF mm -hmm. of that. It's about eight pages or so. Yeah. Um, with some cool pictures that a buddy of mine that I went through seal training with took. Yeah. Um, if you if you want CBD, I can't ship to to. Canada right now. I'm actually working on potentially being the the first CBD supplier for Brazil. Really working on that. Um, we'll see. We'll see if that works out. Um, but uh, for, for CBD, for for people that are inside the United States, go to nw-recovery.com or, or you know, Naked Warrior Recovery. I I've made it 
in W dash recovery, because I didn't think maybe people didn't want to put naked in their search engine. I could be wrong about that. It was just some weird epiphany I got one day, yeah. uh, right as I was about to launch the company. Um, you can find sense, me on, yeah. on, on Instagram, uh, william.r.branham. Um, pretty easy to Google, I think, uh, because I have done a lot of uh, podcast interviews. So yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm out there. Yeah, Pretty and I'll, I'll put that all in the description as well. So anyone who want to reach out to you. Last question for you, and I'm curious, do you miss anything from the serving time? I do. I miss the the camaraderie. I miss, you know, shooting guns for getting paid to just shoot guns and jump out of airplanes and blow stuff up. And and even some of the stuff that I didn't really enjoy that much, diving and, and other things, it was still like doing that work together as a team and going out and solving really hard problems. And, and, you know, I mean, even though combat is war as hell, it's still, there's still some, a lot of fun that happens. Yeah. And hardship, right. And hardship, we find, uh, we find friends yeah. like we will never have different, differently it's, or it's, somewhere else. You know, working, working like the best, the best version of you is on the other side of that struggle. So, yeah. Um, and lastly, for someone who's looking at retire, retire, or they're leaving medically, what would you suggest them? Besides, say, you know, hiring you beside that, uh, right? <laughs> I would say make a plan, like think about what you think you want to do. Okay. And it doesn't have to be a good plan. It doesn't have to be uh, a, a great plan. It doesn't even have to be what you end up doing at the end of the day. But it's sort of this, this exercise kind of military uh, mission planning process where you, 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 you think about what you want to do and you make a plan. You maybe if you're going from like, let's just say you're in the military infantry, something, but you're like, I really like computers. I want to do like software, whatever. Go get those credentials while you're still in the military, mm -hmm. whatever you need. Like yeah. start making a plan. Tell people what you want to do, because someone that you talk to might have an idea, a better way to do it, or might know about a job opening or something like that. So I say, uh, make a plan, then brief the plan. And that's just talking to people. Yeah. Practice the plan. So maybe you, you have to go through an interview process, go like talk to people about like, Hey, can you interview me? Like just you, people that you trust, uh, here's my idea. Help me poke holes in it. How do I, you know, figure it out? You know, we do a, some sort of rehearsal for the plan and then to go execute it, whatever that is. And it doesn't, again, like whatever your next thing is, doesn't have to be the thing that you end on, but go execute it, learn your lessons. Do you, you know, do that after action review figure out what went right, what went wrong. And then, you know, maybe you went through a job interview and you didn't get hired. Well, there's another one. What, what did they ask that, that could, that you can put sort of in your toolbox that you can use in the next job interview yeah. and then so on and so on. So you, so make a plan, brief the plan, talk to people about it, practice the plan, go execute the plan, then come back and do it after action and figure out what went right, what went wrong, implement the things that went right, change the things that went wrong and do it again. And just keep doing that. And, and you pretty much just keep doing this for the rest of your life. Which makes sense, right? It's learn from your mistakes. It's not exactly no such thing as failure. It's more lesson learned. Right. Well, and, I love it. Never, never stop, never stop growing. Like if you ever get close to your finish line, you need to move that thing further away. So it's out of your sight. So you're always going for it. That's awesome. Uh, William Brendan, thank you so much for being with us tonight. Uh, yes, sir. and I'm hoping to see you at least in Toronto or somewhere else. If you're coming back to Canada or I will fly down one or the other. Um, but I will put everything that we talked about where we can find you in that description. Um, and if it's Canada, we'll see you in Toronto. If it's us, is there another date that you're doing another, uh, conference? There's I'm, I'm doing a few speaking events. I've got, uh, something lined up for, I think Nashville in the end of February. I think I have something in March. 
Okay. Um, but yeah, Canada, like I, she just, the girl that's setting it up, she just, she's actually a coaching client of mine. And, uh, she was like, Hey, I want you to speak on at, at this event. So I'm like, okay. And that Fantastic. happened yesterday. All right. Well, thank you so much. And, uh, and we'll see you soon. I'm sure of it. Awesome. All yes, right. Sir. Thanks. Looking forward to it. Thank you.